Let's face it, women in sports are really underestimated and underrepresented, but we're changing game days for good. Tune in to find out how you can get your start in sports, how you can earn your seat at the table, and how we're making a difference. I'm Delaney Galbraith, and this is Game Day Girl. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of Game Day Girl podcast. This is episode number two. I'm your host, Delaney Galbraith, and Today, we are going to be talking about how to get a job in sports. I have pretty much perfected my three-step process, the best tips, some things that you definitely have not heard before, um, and these are just going to be the best things that I can give you to really expand your horizon and make you think outside the box in terms of getting a job in sports, because trust me, it is hard. It is a hard, competitive oversaturated market and what I mean by that is that you know there everybody wants to work in something that sounds glamorous you know they they say that um, like sex sells in terms of advertising well in job sense sports sells you know like it it's such a hot topic and people love working in sports which means there is a lot of people applying to the jobs that you want so how are you going to make yourself stand out um and like i said i've kind of i've kind of come up with my perfect formula so this is delaney's three steps to landing a job in sports and trust me each step has many steps under it and kind of some rules and regulations to kind of keep you in check um so without further ado i'm just gonna go ahead and jump on into this but um the first thing i want to start with is what are my qualifications for speaking on this topic well one every position i've gotten i have or i like every position i've interviewed for i've gotten um and I mean that in a nice way. I'm not trying to sound cocky. I just have really always thought outside the box. This is probably because I, um, I'm i an only child, so a lot of people say I have that only child syndrome that just makes me a little extra quirky. I don't know what the right word is. But um, so for that reason, I feel like it's kind of, that's one of those things where I just, at an early age, I always thought about ways to stand out and um so yeah that that I'm thankful for I'm thankful for you know learning these at a, like an early age but with power comes you know uh, or not power uh with information comes the power to share this and so um that's what I'm going to do so my qualifications also include I have gotten a job directly out of college with the Boston Bruins and you know i also worked a full-time job after that one as well um so yeah i i've got a little bit of qualifications but i've also been told multiple times that um by people hiring me and when i'm in the hiring process that i stand out and that there's reasons i was in the room um so yeah i'm gonna share those and i'm gonna share exactly how i got to those um into those positions and you know, the success I've found through following these kind of steps that I've I've kind of formulated. Um, and so let's jump into step number one, resume and experience. This is what I'm just calling this step. Um, the resume and experience portion, this is, this is important. Um, and I'm grouping these together because your experience is what goes on your resume. 
Um, and so that's why I feel like these can go into the same step. Um, so first of all, I'm just going to break down real quick that you're probably doing your resume wrong. You are probably doing it wrong. And I mean that in a nice way. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to give you a quick um, rapid fire, like what you need to fix with your resume. And then also we're going to be sharing some templates on not only the Girls Club main page, but also on Game Day Girls Instagram. Um, so, and I'm going to be showing you exactly what my resume looked like when I was getting these jobs so that we can really talk about, you know, the things that you guys can be fixing. Um, so, first of all, black and white. It needs to be black and white. I, I know we all, we all got a Canva account and then we saw the templates on Canva. And that is super exciting and I'm so glad that you got Canva. But Canva is actually, while Canva is so amazing, I'm so glad they have all these templates and resources. I also feel like Canva invites people to stop being creative with all their templates um, that they have in some ways. Um, but that's a topic for another day. What I mean by that is that, you know, then we look at all these really overdone resumes and then you know what, if, if somebody goes to print that out at their office, and this is a tip a professor shared with me, if somebody goes to print that out at their office and they are out of color ink, you are probably going to be screwed in terms of then they can't print out your resume because the pink didn't translate over to the black and white or the yellow, whatever color you used. Um, and if you really decide that you're going to use color, make it some colors where it has a dark contrast so that it does print um, if, they in, if they do have a black and white printer. So just keep that in mind. Um, black and white's the way to go. I also keep my um, resume very contrast. On the left-hand side, I have just a, a column in black, and that's where I put my personal information and some um, like awards and honors that I've gotten, um, maybe some special skills and my contact information. Um, and that's kind of where I keep that information. And then on the left or the right hand side, I have just detailed experience. Um, and I'll, like I said, I'll show you guys what my resume looks like. It's not something that you can really, I can't describe it well because obviously this is not visual, this is audio. So, um, yeah, and then under each of your experience pieces, like three to five bullet points is good. That That's good. What I want you to focus on with your resume is just having something that is nice to look at. You don't have to have the regular resume, like the Microsoft Word one, where it's literally just a white piece of paper with very little contrast and the layout is kind of blah. You can do that, but you can be creative still with it. Um, and like I said, I'll show you guys what my resume looked like because I, I got some really good feedback on my resume. So um, moving off of the resume portion, um, this brings us to experience, the most important part. So I'm going to tell you one thing, and it's that sports is... It, unfortunately one of those fields where you're probably not getting a position if you don't have the experience um, and I mean that in the nicest way possible I don't mean to crush your dreams but it's something I learned early and I want to share with you guys because it's important um, even with some internship programs and this happens to be a little bit more with like you know major leagues 
like not so much with the minor leagues, but with the major leagues, I definitely found that when I was applying for internships with them, that they want to see something on my resume already that could translate into that because they want some special skills because especially with the major leagues, everybody's applying for it. So you ju you do have to have something on your resume with that. So um, one thing that I would recommend is that if you're applying to an internship with a major league team, you should probably definitely have some sort of sports experience already on your resume. And a really good way to do that is through club sports. Um, I personally, when I was in college, I worked for my club hockey team all four years of my college experience. And this was a really great thing for me because um, the club hockey team was actually 100% student-led. There was no adults involved other than the coach of the actual team. Um, and, you know, the, like, the advisor from the university. So that was the really cool thing was that um, it was it was students learning responsibility and I've talked about this before but that is where I really truly learned how to be a leader and I truly understood how to you know stand out and get creative and you know I, I was given a responsibility to make the team better and I was given opportunity to host you know theme nights and merchant do merchandise from scratch and let me tell you I am just so thankful for it because I learned so much yeah it was hard work and I'm gonna be honest if you are not a person that enjoys work like genuinely likes to work you should not work in sports um and it's just a realization I came to because when I would go and I would work on game days or I would have a late meeting with all the other um department heads um I I can't tell you how much fun I was having like planning theme nights and like how to make things special that is if you love that then you are perfect for sports um but if that is something where you're like oh this is just a chore like I don't want it, then you're unfortunately probably not right for sports and I mean that in such a um kind-hearted way but that's just a realization I came to and it a hundred percent translates to you know actual sports teams and organizations but like I said um, I think that club sports are such a great way if there is not an internship program with like your club hockey team or your club whatever team then go find a club team that needs some help because I promise you that for example like maybe the women's soccer club team like they probably are running their Instagram account completely on their own. They probably are, uh, they probably have, let's be honest, like not a lot of people in the stands other than their friends and maybe a couple family members. Um, so, you know, you can do some cool things with that. You can help them host fundraisers. You can run their social media pages. You can do so many things. If you want to be a GM in the future, because you know what? There needs to be some more female GMs, let me tell you that. Um... And that used to be a dream of mine. Lately, my, my dreams have changed, but um, I would still love to support any women who want to get into the GM side of things. And one way you can do that is go go be the freaking team manager of, of a team, like in any capacity that you can. But you have to get something on your resume, and that is a quick way to do it because if a club team needs help, you 
you have the opportunity to go help. There's typically nobody that is going to say no in terms of going and starting a staff with a club team. If you want to go be a sideline reporter in the future, all you need to say is go up to the club team, say, hi, I want to be the reporter for your team. I'm going to go ahead and do this. I'll cut my own videos and I'll post them on your social media pages. Um, I'll bring my own equipment. The best way you can bring your own equipment, especially if you are in probably high school or college, I'd say, is you can typically rent. Um, and even if you're out of college, like, um, but most of my tips right here are for college students. Um, you can rent them from your school's library. And if you are out of college um, or not in college in general and you want to do this process, um, typically public libraries have um, equipment that you can rent. But specifically if you're in high school or college, you can um, get the equipment for free from the equipment library or like in the media department or you can get it from just the library typically so look that up at your school one thing i did is i went to the university of alabama so i just typed in our our library's name it was called gorgas so i just typed in gorgas equipment rental and lo and behold they already had all of it set up on there and then i had a friend who is in um, the journalism program as well at our communications college and she could do the same thing with a little bit more high-tech equipment. Um, so she would be able to rent like um, some really heavy-duty cameras through that. Um, so those are just some examples of how you can do that. But if you want to get some experience and you have nothing, go work for a club sports at your team or at your school. If you're in high school, literally start it. Just start it. And you know what? you know why you can do it because probably nobody's doing it so start the opportunity um and then next on my list of advice for getting experience is volunteer for the sports foundations at these big sports organizations what i mean by that is personally i um i worked for an nhl team foundation i worked for the boston bruins foundation and um one thing I learned is a lot of players personally like um, have when they retire or even when they are still um, you know active, they have their own foundations so you can work for their foundations or you can work for a sports team's foundation um, or you can just get started by volunteering. Like working for one of those foundations is a little bit harder, a um, little easier said than done. Uh, it took me a while to secure my job with the Boston Bruins Foundation, and I'll go into that in a little bit. But, um, yeah, essentially, you, they have events all the time that they need volunteers for, so it does not hurt to reach out. Um, typically, they might have, like, a little volunteer section on their website. But, for example, Joe Burrow, um, he has a foundation. I think they just did some big event. I'm, I'm not super up to date on that, but I just feel like he's a great example because what – who does not know Joe Burrow at this point? He has made himself a household name. Um, obviously, he's you know a rising star in quarterback terms, especially for the NFL. So he's a great example. He has his own foundation. He's doing big things with that foundation, and um, you know the staff that he has running the foundation. They probably need some volunteers for setting things up. And you're going to do things like set cones for the Joe Burrow 5K, whatever it may be, or you're going to be doing some you know, real hands-on work, but you know what? Then you get to put on your resume, Joe Burrow 
foundation, 5K volunteer, whatever the event is, like you then get to put that on your resume. So if you have that sports um, like reference on your resume, it shows. That is a great example. Um, and you can, you can look this up with um, any athlete, like Big Poppy, he has one. Um, you can look up, like for example, I'm only thinking in terms of Boston because I, unfortunately, um, my brain is on Boston terms because I, I live near Boston, but, um, which is funny because I'm a Pittsburgh sports fan, but, um, like, for example, Ray Bork has a foundation, they do a race, they do so many different kinds of events. Um, I know personally from working for the Boston Bruins Foundation, I know between them and the Red Sox Foundation, they have a lot of events going on. Um, so pretty much every, another little fun fact is pretty much every sports team has a foundation. Um, almost all of them. I don't want to go on record saying all of them because that might not be true, but almost every single one of them has a foundation that they are associated with. And when you get that on your resume, that counts as sports experience. Um, so think about that. Next, this is such a big one. This one is one of my biggest ones. Um, this is, I, so we had the women in sports conference this past year. Um, I'm so grateful to have been able to do it. It's going to be annual. It's going to be every year. So we, we just hosted the Women's Sports Conference 2023 in Nashville. Um, we're getting ready to release where it will be for next year. Um, and, you know, I, I worked with this incredible business on this. So um, it was hosted by Girls Club and a company called Living Sports. Um, and the reason I want to give a little background is because I am closely associated with Living Sports. Um, the woman who founded Living Sport, Alicia, she is just an absolute rock star. Um, nobody, I can't think of anybody else who wants to help you more in the sports industry than Alicia. She makes time for every single alumni. She helps every single person in that program. So let me tell you what Living Sport is. Living Sport is a company where I, I think they're mainly targeted at college students. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll have to double back on that. That might be, it might also take high school. I don't want to go on record saying that. But anyway, I know for a fact college students go into this program. So essentially what happens is they are associated with like so many major sporting events and they provide volunteers for those events through their program. Um, and they're, on, they're one of the only ways that you can do this. So, for example, they take, so there's the Super Bowl. They do the Super Bowl every year. They will take a group of people for, like, the Super Bowl, and they will, you know, give you a whole program set up. They get you to talk to sports um, professionals, learn from them. They give you tips on resume, handshake. All, all the stuff you need to know to get started in sports. And then you get to actually go work the Super Bowl. Um, and they do this for MLB All-Star Game. They do it for NHL All-Star. They do it for the Super Bowl. They do big events in London. Um, they just set up one for Thailand. Um, I know that they're working towards doing Olympic stuff. Um, so, yeah, just an absolutely rock star program. They do Final Four for men's basketball, um, and it is just such an incredible program. 
And that is a perfect way to get that on your resume. If you want NHL All-Star Game on your resume, do it through Living Sport. Um, Living Sport is under I Am Living Sport on Instagram and all other platforms. If you want to talk to the founder and president of Living Sport, her name is Alicia Marinelli. She is awesome, and I guarantee you she will talk to you about it and how you can get started. And they are actually taking applications for their Super Bowl um, for 2024 right now. Um, so if you want to work the next Super Bowl, they are taking applications right now for that. Um, and I think they're opening up for Thailand applications as well pretty soon. I am not aware of what... Um, they're doing in Thailand so I will have to look at that so maybe by the end of the episode I'll pull that up and let you know but living sport is incredible um and that that's my third piece of advice for gang experience um and then my fourth piece of advice for gang experience under step one the resume experience um step is to start your own journey online this one's a pretty simple one um, and yes, it's easier said than done. You have to stay consistent. You have, have to do a lot of things with starting your presence online. And I am not the best person at that because do you know the number of times I've tried to learn to be an influencer? Because I'm like, oh, I could post to get ready with me. And I just, I'm not good at it. But you know what? Everybody finds their own voice in it. And I think if you really want to do something, you, it's through trial and error. Um, and you know, me saying I'm not good at it is just like me saying that you know, like, pretty much I'm waving the white flag, like I give up. So if I really wanted to be an influencer, I could go be an influencer. And that's the same for each of us. Um, so why don't we apply that to sports? You know, really good people to look at for this are um, sweet Annie OD. Her name's Annie O'Donnell. She is, she started completely online. Um, and she started making like funny meme kind of videos on the NHL, she gives her NHL opinion. She is so incredible. She's one of my favorite examples for this because she just really like made a name for herself in terms of um, like being a hockey influencer, um, sports content creator. She does baseball a little bit too. Um, and she, she's gotten some really cool opportunities through doing that. Um, and another example of that is Emmy Rain Curtis. Emmy Curtis is just so amazing. I say her middle name because I feel like that is in her username, so I'm I might I might be overdoing it with that, but I'm pretty sure her her username is Emmy Rain Curtis. Um, so she's on TikTok and um, Instagram, and she has also such a great LinkedIn profile. I stumbled upon it once, and I was like, wow, this girl knows what she's doing in terms of LinkedIn. Um, so if you really want a good template for how to style your LinkedIn and how it should look, go to Emmy Curtis on LinkedIn because she has such a great-looking LinkedIn profile. Um, and what I wanted to touch on with Emmy is she has been such a go-getter. Um, she is like such a girl boss. She like reached out to um, like the men's soccer league and she was able to work um, like their, I, I'm going to sound so stupid. I don't even know what it's called. She got to work like a, uh, like a world cup. I'm pretty sure she got to work so many incredible things. I'm pretty sure it was through Qatar. No, she did work the world cup in Qatar and she just went to the Women's World Cup as, a, like, via 
TikTok as one of TikTok's influencers. And all that is because she has branded herself so well on um, social media and with just being like a such an advice giver, but also just like a person people can look at and see like they are just really truly getting after it. So she's such a good motivation. So she's another good example. Another, my last um, two people I want to shout out are Aaliyah Funshell. Um, She has such a great presence on there. She's in the New York area. She does a lot of basketball content. Um, So she's another really great person to look at. And um, she just really has honed in on what it means to be a sports content creator. And that girl is always doing something. Um, And it's so, like, it's so incredible. Um, And then Allie Clausen, she recently worked for the 76ers. And um, she built a really large following on TikTok as well through doing that and so with that it's so cool to see what all the stuff she's gotten to do um and she's she's like finding her way in sports through doing that um and I shout her out because not only is she amazing and she's she really has a good presence on social media but also because she's used her sports journey to be transparent on there about the like getting a job in sports um so like i said those are just a couple really great people to look at with starting your journey online if you want to like get a job in sports and you have no experience look at club sports look at volunteering for sports league foundations and look at living sport or other programs but i highly recommend living sport specifically um to go and work things like the super bowl and all-star weekends stuff like that and then, um, like I like I said, with starting your own journey online, like TikTok, whatever that may be, if you want to start a podcast, start a podcast. I would say that I recommend TikTok the most because I think you would have the most luck with that. Um, but if you want to be a writer, start your own blog. If you want to be a sports reporter, start your own YouTube channel and TikTok and literally just dedicate yourself to it because it will pay off. It will. Um, it's not going to be immediate. And, and that's the thing with like girls club altogether. Like I, I have not seen immediate, I did not see immediate success, success. Sorry, I'm tongue tied here. Um, with girls club, but you know what, when I hit like three months of staying consistent, I start to see it. And then four months came and we were at a thousand followers and I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe a thousand people follow us. And then, you know what, last Friday we hit 10,000 followers and, you know, I'm we're getting all these really cool opportunities through doing that. So, you know what, your journey is not going to be fast, but if you're consistent, it is going to pay off. Um, and you, you do have to focus on, you know, feedback and quality. And if you want me to look at your profiles or anything like that, like... Um, consider my job coaching. I am about to open up for job coaching, but also like if it's something easy where you just want me to review like your sports reporting videos, I will give you feedback completely free. Like um, if it's just like some one-offs, like uh, please like send them to Game Day Girl Pod. I will try and answer them. Um, if you have any questions, submit them for Dear Delaney. Um, but yeah, so get your own mini mics get yourself a tripod, start your journey. So that concludes step one of the three part how to get a job in sports. Step two, and I promise I'm going to speed this up a little bit more, but the resume and experience was our definitely our biggest one. 
Um, step two is laying the groundwork. Um, LinkedIn is a tool and I want you guys to use it. What do I mean by that? Just like I shouted out Emmy Curtis and just, just a second ago, she has done such a great job of updating her LinkedIn, keeping it clean, and it just looks great on there. And here's the things I want you to focus on with your LinkedIn. I want you to focus on setting a reminder on your phone to update it once a week. I I used to like to say once every two weeks, but you know what? You should you should go on there once a week and just make a post. You know why? It's the same as updating your Instagram. So why don't we treat it like that? If you want, like, I am so glad that you guys have so much fun on social media and you edit and you filter all your photos for um, Instagram. That is great. But apply that to LinkedIn and that same effort to LinkedIn and you would be astonished like the results you're going to see because there are actual people that use LinkedIn for, you know, scouting for jobs and um, even so like even if you just make a name for yourself and you become somebody that people kind of notice on there, you're going to go to the top of the stack of all the applications in that in that job um, opening. So here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna update it once a week, set a reminder on your phone. Do it whatever day of the week that you choose to. I personally am a get it done early in the week kind of person. Um, so I typically do like a Monday or Tuesday. But you know, a Friday's not bad. Um, but I would say like professionals are typically on their phone the most on Mondays. Um, and then here's the other things you're going to do. You're going to clean it up. You're going to make sure your resume looks good. You're going to make sure that, you know, your special skills are on there. You're going to get your friends to endorse your special skills. All this takes a second. Like, it really does. And then you can also add recommendations on there. So you can actually request that one of your former employers gives you a recommendation. And all they have to do is write up what they think of you. It's kind of like a review. Like, how you can review a podcast, it's the same thing, and people will be able to publicly see what that person has to say about you. Um, and then you can also feature um, posts that may be relevant. So you can feature your resume or, you know, something you're like an article you're really proud of or a podcast episode or your portfolio. That's another good one. Clean up your bio. If you're open to work, like you can make that known. LinkedIn is such a great opportunity for that kind of stuff. Um, but clean it up. Use it. Um, and then the next thing you're going to do is you, while you're posting on your posts, great. You're also going to connect with people that you want to work for, people that you look up to, people that work for the teams that and organizations that you want to work for in the future. This is how I got my job with the Boston Bruins. I connected with pretty much every single person in the front office of the Boston Bruins. And, you know, I hate when people say that you should keep your LinkedIn network just as people that that you like know because that's false and that's just not what I think LinkedIn is for personally. I think LinkedIn is your opportunity to speak with people that you would not normally get the opportunity to speak to. So use it. Um, I have gotten to make so many awesome connections off of LinkedIn. Um, there's so many people that I'm connected to that I've gotten to be connected to and kind of make my name for myself in front of them because I've used LinkedIn in this way. I use it as a professional tool and you should too. It's it's not for you to just engage with your friends who you live with, like your roommate's LinkedIn post. Um, 
it's it's for you to really reach out. Um, you know, I I just I hate it when people don't use LinkedIn to its full potential because it's that's what it's there for. You only have the one opportunity. Like not everybody shares their email online. So in most ways you're it's difficult to get somebody's email. But you know what? You have the opportunity to message them on LinkedIn. Are they going to reply? I can't guarantee that. But if you message a couple people, you're probably going to get at least one response, you know? So it's worth the effort. It's worth the trying. Um, and like I said, it's how I got my job with the Boston Bruins. I connected with a lot of people in that organization. I kind of found a department or two that I was really interested in working for. And then I start connecting. I laid the groundwork. And I did not immediately ask for a job. And I did not immediately ask for an informational interview or 10 minutes of their time. I hate when people ask for 10 minutes because it feels like a chore. Um, it really does. It feels like a chore. Um, I will get these messages too, and I mean it in the nicest way possible. If you are somebody who's asked me for 10 minutes of my time, it is not because I don't want to talk to you. It's because it's really hard to fit 10 minutes into my busy schedule and what I have going on now. And that is probably the same for somebody who works in sports because it is, and same for other, you know, occupations too, but specifically sports is like, game days every other day, you have probably a full day of meetings, you have a lot of things that you have to check off your to-do list. So adding 10 minutes of your time is, it's sometimes it is hard to fit that in. And I, I'm not saying it to be a jerk, I'm saying it to be transparent and realistic with you guys, that sometimes 10 minutes is too much off the bat. So what you are going to do is you're going to talk to them, ask them how they got their job, ask them their best advice, Ask them something that's just outside the box. Ask them how they completed this project that they, they just posted about. You know, or say, for example, like the Boston Bruins, they have um, the 100-year celebration this year. Ask them about the, like, what they're doing that's special and, like, making this year special or, you know, just something to connect with them and talk with them, engage with them. If you saw where they go to college, maybe you guys can bond over what college you guys both went to whatever it may be, um, but don't ask them for 10 minutes of their time off the bat. Get to know them, interact with their content, like their posts, comment on them, um, and then after a while you can ask for that 10 minutes of their time. And you're going to go to the top of their list when it, it comes time for um, the application process or if they see your name in that stack of resumes, you know, it's going to stand out a little bit more. So that's what I recommend in terms of that. Um, and then I also want you guys to update your teamwork online profile because if your teamwork does not match your LinkedIn, you got to update that. Um, and I've gotten a lot of opportunities to speak to the president and founder of Teamwork, Buffy Philippel. She is awesome. Once again, another rock star to just shout out. Um, and she actually was one of our speakers and hosted a breakout session at our Women in Sports Conference. And man, she was a force. She was awesome. And she even has personally told me, um, thankfully, the Girls Club Club chapters are working with her this semester. And she's given us a lot of opportunities. And I'm so thankful for that. But one thing that I want to share with you guys is that I've gotten to speak with her. And the things that she says that um, are the 
the things that are not going to get you a job are when you don't stay current on teamwork, when you don't set alerts on the job listings for the organizations you like, when when your teamwork on online profile just looks like a freaking mess, just keep it up to date. And they have such a great system on there where it is extremely easy to um, update things on there. It's, it's a very straightforward site. Um, so I recommend going and doing that. And if you are just being introduced to Teamwork Online through the podcast because nobody's mentioned it to you or you haven't learned of it yet, Teamwork Online is incredible. They are the number one way to get a job in sports. Um, they also have Teamwork Consulting, which is for um, the higher jobs, like maybe some coaching jobs, um, some senior staff jobs. Um, so those are going to be your VP p- positions, executive jobs, your CEO positions, uh, like your C positions. Um, but um, for now, if you are just starting starting in sports, check out Teamwork Online. Such great opportunities on there. And um, yeah. Okay, so that moves me to point num- step number three, which is the interview slash impress step. Um, and this is going to be our last step of how to get a job in sports. So here are the things that you need to do to just ace it all around. You've done the resume and experience and you put in the work and then you laid the groundwork. You're connecting with people on LinkedIn. You're going in and you're reporting for the club hockey team you're, or whatever it is that you're doing to get that experience clean up your resume, clean up your LinkedIn, and lay that groundwork. You're connecting with people. But how are you going to get your home run? How are you getting your grand slam? You know, like, what are you doing to knock it out of the park? You are going to go the extra mile. So what I mean by that is you're going to do what other people are neglecting, the things that other people aren't thinking of. Maybe that's sending a your resume on cardstock and your cover letter on cardstock in the mail. I talk about this all the time, but one thing I did with the Boston Bruins is, yeah, I was connecting with the right people. I laid the groundwork. Yeah, my resume and my experience looked awesome. It was awesome. But you know what I did that really knocked it out of the park is I sent my portfolio in a hardbound book. I talk about this all the time. I got it printed at Walgreens Photo. It was super easy. I put it together. I went the extra mile and I sent it off with a bunch of fragile stickers sent all over the package. And they opened it and they said, wow, nobody has ever done this before. It, it really stands out. And then I got my interview. And then in my interview, I had a pitch deck of all these ideas I had and the things that I was showing them that I would be willing to do for their program and I think those are the things that got me my job so with that being said knock it out of the park what does knock it out of the park mean to you it can be sending like I said send your resume and your cover letter on cardstock send a letter in the mail um maybe that means just um when it comes time for your interview give them a pitch deck of all your ideas go the extra mile one thing I've done for a lot of jobs is uh, and even just like my regular jobs like when I was applying for like to be a like a front office leasing agent at my um, college apartment I wanted to work in the front office of the apartment building because I just needed a part-time job I when I was interviewing I gave them ideas for things that they could do to like make their property better things that design wise they could do or think like that but I also came up with a bunch of events that they could do and with that, like, they were just impressed because it was, 
no was it anything crazy no it was just a one-page document where I laid out my ideas but you know it was it freaking knocked their socks off um, because nobody else did that and I did that for like board positions I got for clubs in college too like I remember I was applying for a social media position and in the job description it said I would be making content calendars so I was applying for the social media position for like my advertising club for the board and I got the position because I went and I made a whole content calendar and I filled it with some content and it was just taking the extra initiative. Um, do something before somebody says to do it. That's what's going to get you in the door. That's what's going to get you your seat at the table. And if you are not the kind of person that wants to do that and you just want to do things the regular way, great. But your process might be a little bit longer. Um, and I'm not saying that this is a shortcut. This is definitely not a shortcut. It's extra work. But... It is going to pay off, and I can promise you in some regard. Does it mean you're going to get the first job you apply to? No. But does it mean out of, like, five jobs that you apply to, of you consistently going above and beyond? Yeah, you're probably going to get something, and I'm willing I'm willing to go to bat for that because this is a formula that I've created that I've really seen success in, um, and I believe that if you're the kind of person that likes to go the extra mile, that this will work out for you. So be original with what you do. Do what others neglect. Nobody sends a thank you letter in the mail anymore. Thank them for their time. Thank them for interviewing you. Um, you know, send them an email, like a personalized email. Don't, one time I remember I sent a email to like seven different staff members and I just was general to all of them. And that was such a bad thing that I did because it was not personalized. It felt like I was just trying to group them all together. And it, yeah, just was not smart. It was not my smartest thing to do. What you want to do if you want to stand out is send an individual email to each person. Yeah, it's hard work. Who loves writing emails? Probably nobody except copywriters maybe. But um Nobody really likes writing emails, but you know what? When you go and you take the time to write somebody a thank you for interviewing you, thank you for talking to you, and then connect with them and, you know, just make it personalized, not something that's a template, it stands out and it's easy to tell when things are a template all the time. Like, I'll get messages of people that um, it's, it's so clearly a template and maybe they'll misspell something or they accidentally left the name of somebody else or they just didn't take the extra time to see how my name is spelt because for some reason my name Delaney is just like one of those where like people forget the E a lot the second E or you know they they'll misspell my last name and those are the little things that matter so just check it over it's going to take an extra 30 seconds um, be original and then ask them questions about them in the interview process when you have their time like yeah, they're interviewing you, but you're also interviewing them, but it also stands out to them. Ask them how they got where they are. This is a trick I've done a lot of times is I've just kind of talked to them about like their journey because people like to talk about themselves. Um, and then be authentic, be transparent. I have had people ask me before, like, what were your grades in college? And, you know, I, I was able to say they didn't start out great, but I learned from my lesson or I learned my lesson and I learned from my mistakes and I then was able to turn it around and be a better student and I learned a lot about time management and organization in that process. And that also brings me to the what is your biggest weakness question. When people ask this in interviews, it is a scary question 
But the number one trick to get this ace this question in terms of, you know, if this was being graded is one, be authentic. You know, you don't have to make anything up. But for me, something that was really hard for me and why I was a bad student originally was I had terrible time management skills. And um, with that, I was able to think about my what is my biggest weakness question. And now I know when people ask me, what's your biggest weakness? I'm able to say, well, you know what? It was originally time management, but I've been I've since been able to work on my organization, my planning out my schedule each week and what I prioritize to fix this problem. And I've now been since been able to turn this into a strength. So what I want you to do is I want you to find your weakness and I want you to turn it into a strength with what you say in your interviews and memorize this. Um, so mine's the same every time I've talked about it before. It's always been time management for me in the past. And I've been able to combat with ways that I've, I've fixed this. So one thing I do, like personally, if you struggle with time management, things that I look at that really help me is, you know, I set alarms throughout the day. Um, I've learned that, you know, if you can't get something done in 30 minutes without looking at your phone, um, then, you know, it's like I'm able to finish a lot of my projects in the day by just setting a 30 minute timer and just not looking at my phone and putting my head down. And at the end of the 30 minutes, I give myself like a five minute break to do with whatever I want. Or, you know, if I'll do the same for like my whole work day. Um, like I'll give myself grace if I get X, Y, and Z done. Like I'll let myself finish at 3 p.m., you know, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah. And then my last thing that I want to talk to you guys on is, you know, like I just said, like the thank you letters like send those afterwards but send a thank you email send a personalized email whatever you're doing follow up but then you know I also mean this in terms of when you message somebody somebody might not reply you know like and you know how busy people are this is the same with like why you should not be asking for 10 minutes of their time right off the bat it's the same thing um people are busy so here's what I'm going to tell you if you think somebody is ignoring your email, you are wrong. You are probably wrong. I, you know, maybe they are ignoring your email, but it's not intentional a lot of times. When I was working my last full-time job, I received so many emails because I was like the community relations coordinator for a pro hockey team. And it was so many emails and donation requests and this and that. And then I would get emails about people who want to like learn how they could step into a role like mine. And I was not ignoring them on purpose. I was ignoring them because I was so busy. So send a second email. Send a third email. Who cares? Like, literally the worst thing that can happen is no response. Like, there, there's nothing bad that's going to happen. People remember being you. People remember being the person who is just trying to get their foot in the door, just trying to get their dream job. People remember that. So all you need to do is just follow up, send that second email, send that third email. And you know what? The way I got my job with the Boston Bruins is that I sent a LinkedIn message to somebody I, I really admired and I admired the work she was doing. And she never responded to my first message for months. So I sent a second message and she didn't respond. And then I th sent a third message. And on that third message, I got a response. And then after that, 
I got an interview a couple months later. And then after that, I got a second interview. And that's when I decided to wow them. I sent my, my portfolio in the mail. I sent this. I sent that. I, I knocked it out of the park in my interview. And then I got the job. I got the job that I wanted right out of college. And that was not just coincidence. It was luck. Or it wasn't luck. It was hard work. And, you know, you have you have to go through the motions to get what you want. Um, and that that is how to get a job in sports. Is It's not easy. And there's a lot of details under each step. But if you can do these things, if you can take, like, three days of your life to just clean up your resume, to clean up your LinkedIn, to... Um, start figuring out what you're going to do for experience. Maybe start a little short list of some things that may be good ideas for you to start getting experience. And as you'll notice, most of what I just explained to you for gen- like new original ideas for getting experience on your resume, none of that really has an application process. Um, like club sports teams, like typically you can go and start that on your own. Um, but if they do have an intern program, like you can apply for that, but if you get rejected, literally go work for another club's, club team. Go where you're going to get success. If somebody says no, if somebody says that's not okay, like find a path, find a way. And then the volunteering for a sports foundation, like that does not typically require an application. Typically that requires an email, you know? Um, and then they ask you your shirt size. You get a shirt out of it most of the time. Um, and then like the living sport one, that one does require an application through living sport, but they are awesome. And they're just looking for go-getters, motivated people who want to make a difference in sports, who want to get their start in sports. So, and then the last one, starting your own journey online. That is four ways that you can get a job in sports. Um, three of which that you do not have to have an application for in most cases, And then the living sport, like I said, they're just looking for go-getters. So all of which, if that does not help you, I don't know what will. Um, So those are just the how to get a job in sports for beginners. This was a little bit longer of an episode, but I'm glad it was because this needed to be said and this is stuff that you need to learn. Um, All that being said, I hope this was really useful. If it wasn't, give me feedback. If it was, leave us a review down down below. And let us know what you're liking about our podcast because feedback is what helps. Um, So with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Game Day Girl Podcast. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Game Day Girl Podcast. We'll be back next week with a new episode. And if you have a question for Dear Delaney episodes, send your email to delaneyg at sportsgirlsclub.com. And be sure to follow us on social media at Game Day Girl Pod.